You are listening to the MetaPropCast, the podcast of innovation and technology in real estate. I'm your host, Phil Russo. And don't forget to subscribe to the MetaPropCast on SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, and metaprop.org. We're speaking today, Monday, January 9th, 2017, with David Eisenberg, founder and CEO of Floyd, now recently acquired by CBRE. David, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having me. You were the CEO and founder of Floyd, but now that CBRE has acquired your company, you are a senior vice president. How does it feel to be demoted? (laughs) I don't think I would use that term exactly. You know, I think when people start companies, uh, if you ever get a chance to be the CEO of a startup, you often find yourself talking to your employees about their own equity packages. And and a typical refrain from the Valley is you focus not on the size of the slice, but rather on the size of the pie. And and the reason why is because um, in a great acquisition, in a great exit for any business, um, it's not so much about... uh, how big was your ownership piece, but rather how big was the total ownership piece when you're um, when you're an employee? Uh, if you look at sort of where employees have made you know the the most out of their their efforts, it's at the really big uh, outcomes. Um, I think it's it's a proper analogy uh, to the impact of um, us at CBRE, and, and in particular, I think about um, Florida within CBRE and the people from Florida within CBRE just being part of a much bigger pie now and. Um, and with that, I think that our responsibility is going to massively increase even, you know, over what we had as a private business. So um, this feels very much like a promotion, I would say, in, in contrast. Uh, I have many more people who are going to be reporting to me than I did prior. Uh, I think we are going to have a built-in distribution network with CBRE. And as a result, uh, I think every employee of the, you know, formerly of Florida is, is pretty fired up to just have uh, a bigger impact with their work than, than we were having uh, alone as a private company. There are a lot of uh, visualization or virtual reality startups that are out in the real estate market. After only four years of existence, what made Florida a breakthrough startup? I think from the very beginning, we had a somewhat unique focus on really difficult technical challenges and solving those and, and, and you know building original solutions in the field of computer graphics, but later with uh, the principles of architectural layout uh, and even you know more generic uh, technical skills like just having terrific design. I think across the board, we had a really, really strong product and engineering team that I think put us a little bit out in front of companies that might have been considered competitors. Um, But in addition to that, I think what we did is we took a really strong engineering culture and engineering team and we married that to some domain expertise in commercial real estate. And I think the Venn diagram of really strong technology companies uh, and people who have spent a bunch of time in commercial real estate, that's actually a pretty thin overlap. And so um, at the end of the day, I think we were most highly valued by CBRE because of the customer base that we had built, the degree to which our products were being utilized by their existing teams, their brokers around the world. And and at the end of the day, I think that's the make or break thing for all of the CRE tech companies. It's uh, do you have a defensible technology that also kind of gets the industry and gets the, the customer traction? Because those are the companies that I think will be most attractive to players like CBRE. You're now in a 
multifaceted platform of the biggest commercial real estate services firm in the world. How do you and your colleagues feel about fitting in? What are you going to be called now that there's no longer a floor? Yeah, great question. So we are going to be part of the digital team within CBRE's largest line of business, which is their advisory and transaction business. Uh, I'm the SVP of digital enablement and technology within that group. Uh, a little bit of a lengthy title, but um, there's a lot of things that CBRE does, so we need to be clear about the definitions. I think one of the novel things about being a participant in the CRE tech ecosystem is that we all know that the incumbents, whether they are brokerage firms or whether they are development firms and and owners, um, have not historically made technology a centerpiece of their offering. It has been complementary to the advisory services and to the, you know, to the transactional counsel and services that they provide. I think this acquisition in particular is CBRE taking a strong point of view that technology is going to be core to their offering in the long term. In the short and medium term, we have a more modest agenda, I think, of getting some wins by building some defensible technology in a few areas. But I think over the long term, what CBRE you know wishes to convey is that it's going to be the marriage of relationships with a platform. And that platform is going to have technology as a big piece of its offering. And I think what we're hopeful is that we will build a platform that attracts the best professionals in the world. And of course, as part of that, uh, attracts the best customers in the world. Conversely, one of the challenges in such merger acquisitions is uh, working internally. How do you assess the challenge of getting incumbent commercial real estate professionals especially brokers who are so independent to integrate Floyd's technology into their everyday work? Yeah, uh, really important. So one of the things I'm happy about is that over the past several years, I've spent a lot of time with brokers and in particular, those brokers who I think are leaning into technology, not least because they know it's going to be an important part of their careers over the next 10, 20, 30 years and beyond. What we've seen from the executives at CBRE is a willingness to be open-minded about how technology is going to move the needle for an individual broker and, of course, at large for the firm. It's on us to prove the return on investment. There's no doubt about that. But I think what we're seeing is a an evolution from maybe five or ten years ago where a broker would say, how is this going to impact my, my business? Why is this relevant for me? To an acknowledgement that in particular, customers are really enjoying interacting with a technology-savvy broker. And so on the occupier side, on the investor side, uh, which is where we started you know, serving our customers, uh, we started getting some wins in terms of owners, in terms of investors and, and you know, occupiers saying, hey, this was a great way for me to visualize the space or this was a great way for me to communicate a change to my employee base. And now what we've done is we've made that embedded in CBRE's offering and, and of course, proprietary to CBRE over the long term. Uh, So I think what we're hearing from the brokers is if this helps me win and if it helps me deliver a superior outcome to my clients, I'm going to be I'm going to be a user, and and not only that, I'm going to be an enthusiastic user. I'm going to tell my peers about this. I'm going to do knowledge sharing at at sort of uh, company conferences and so forth. So, I think we're just like witnessing in real time a changing of mindset, uh, which is from previously resistant to now being open minded, and we're like on the cusp, I think, of people really leading with technology as as part of what they bring unique to the table. 
The big service companies in commercial real estate have been somewhat slow to adopt technology. With the acquisition of Floored, do you see that now changing more rapidly? Yes. I think that uh, what we bring to CBRE is, uh, I don't mean to be you know boast, but I think we bring a world-class technology team and we bring uh, a practice of very rapid evolution of our own products. And what we are doing right now is figuring out the products that we bring to the table plus the products that we're going to kind of take on that are internal to CBRE that the world doesn't yet know a lot about. Um, we're going to push that through our distribution and CBRE's you know, brokerage firms to have a, a pretty wide impact. What we're going to be a little mum about for now are some of the new ideas that we've actually come up with with the CBRE leadership team. Um, those are some of the things that I'm most excited about uh, over the coming years. Some of the things that I, I would say the sort of you know, banal thing is to say a startup within a startup. That, that's, you know, a, a trope that's used post-acquisition. But um, that's not how I would describe it here. I would say that we are a startup within a giant company that has never really had teams like us embedded uh, before. And I think the bet is that we're going to keep being able to innovate at the same pace we're going to continue to have great new ideas. Um, we're going to continue to grow our team. We're actually recruiting a pretty you know, solid expansion of our team right now. And uh, the bet is that we're going to be able to keep that pace of innovation high. And by coupling it with a large and, and open-minded and willing base of employees or contractors who are willing to kind of make this a part of the core CBRE offering, that we're actually going to have success on a far greater scale than we ever would have had by ourselves. Well, we look forward to those announcements about your new ideas. Hopefully, you'll break them on the MetaPropCast. <laughs> We're speaking with David Eisenberg, founder and CEO of Floored and now SVP at CBRE. You are listening to the MetaPropCast. I'm Phil Russo, your host. David, you have a great pedigree for entrepreneurship, having come out of Harvard, Bain, being the first hire at Bonobos, among other impressive stops along the way. What led you to real estate and founding a prop tech company? Yeah, it's not a not an obvious evolution from management consulting to selling men's clothes on the internet. Uh, I was part of an ad tech company just prior to Florida that uh, ultimately was acquired by Twitter. Um, you know, to doing to doing property tech. For me, the the thread that flowed through each of these offerings was recognizing the value of personalized personalization within technology, using technology to better personalize experiences. At Bonobos, the idea was that we could conceive of a better shopping experience by giving you terrific customer service that was technology enabled. Uh, at Telepart, my previous company, it was out about doing personalization at scale. Um, by helping people find the right products to buy at the right time and, and giving retailers uh, a very cost-effective customer acquisition method. What, when we came to Floored, what I was really interested in was this technology around 3D printing, this idea that any product could be customized to its end user. I thought that was a really, really big idea. In thinking about what businesses we might start with in 3D printing, I started studying the 3D industry a little bit more. And we realized that as an input to anything that would be 3D printed, you needed a 3D model. And that really was, I think, the core. Uh, it's a somewhat obvious insight, but uh, it was the core kind of idea moment for us in Florida was that we just don't have that many 3D models 
uh, of things, people, or places in the world. And as we, you know, all lived in New York, and we were uh, thinking about uh, how neat it would be to have a 3D model of every property that we wanted to visit, we just started interviewing customers uh, on the residential and commercial side about what they would do uh, in 3D instead of 2D. And and the short answer was uh, they would market space differently. Uh, they would use the 3D model to show how a space could look differently than it looks today. And and with those two kind of customer insights, we germinated some product ideas. And, and ultimately, the floor that you see today is a product that is highly tailored to the commercial real estate industry, both on the owner and the tenant side. And um, and really, we do what we set out to do, which was we deliver highly personalized experiences to tenants that really, I think, make the experience of finding space and planning out that space um, a lot more enjoyable than they were just a few years ago. And so... And so it wasn't a background in real estate. I will say that we added to our team many people who had spent time in commercial real estate to to up our domain knowledge, if you will. But I think it was a desire to create new and original and defensible technology with a real market need that is what led to our success. Well, now you're in a gigantic publicly traded global company. Can you still consider yourself an entrepreneur? What mental and emotional adjustments will you have to make being at CBRE. Yeah, well, I'm still I'm still learning. You know, we've only been there for for a week or so, but I, but I will say I've been, you know, talking to the folks at CBRE for uh, for almost a year now about um, various partnership ideas. They were a big customer of ours before they decided to acquire us. Um, I will say the culture of CBRE is that of entrepreneurship. And part of that is because so many people at CBRE make their own book of business and you always have to be creative about how to acquire new business, new customers and retain them. But really, for me, the definition of entrepreneurship is, is do you make new things for a living and do you produce new products and do you conceive of new ways of doing business? And I would say that is our charter 100% at CBRE. It is not, we are not an IT org that is sort of enabling the ongoing maintenance of an existing line of business. We are creating a bunch of new capabilities for the company uh, as a whole. And so uh, in that regard, I absolutely feel like an entrepreneur at within CBRE. I think our whole team does. And I think uh, I've just been super impressed with the the level of desire for genuine innovation among the leadership team. Not all of that innovation is, of course, technology driven. Some of it is is financial innovation. Some of it is um, is, is strategy, just on the uh, on the real estate side. But in general, we have been embraced just in a tremendous way about saying, hey, we do a bunch of stuff well. You know, we're the market leader in various areas, but but now is not the time to rest. We really want to push the the whole industry forward. And um, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, this deal happened is that we had a uh, aligned vision of what commercial real estate services should look like. And, uh, and I think we're going to deliver on that. Well, now, despite being a captive of the corporate world, do you still feel free enough to venture uh, some predictions on what PropTech will look like in 2017 and beyond? Oh, boy, this is always the most dangerous part of any uh, <laughs> any interview. Um, here, Here's some general thoughts. Some of this will be, you know, maybe bite-sized predictions, other ones not. Um, I will say I don't think we are going to be the only transaction like this in 2017, meaning I think there will be more 
CRE tech companies that see the best future for themselves by partnering uh, in various you know ways uh, with owners with with large services firms like CBRE. So I think we are going to see uh, some amount of activity on the corporate development front. The second is that I think some of the broader technology trends are going to make their way into products in the commercial real estate world. So. I think you're going to see AI uh, permeate various uh, new products. Um, I think you'll see this from both some of the companies that have been started in the past five years and now are getting to a level of maturity where they can invest in in some real R&D. And I think you'll see it with some new teams that will come out and, uh, and and will be looking to infuse their products with, with artificial intelligence. I think you'll see self-driving vehicles uh, on the industrial side, on the commercial side, uh, and of course on the consumer side. I think they'll make their way into some products. I was just reading this morning that there are various tests that are going live as we speak in different markets in Phoenix and in Mountain View. Um, I saw that many of the major car manufacturers are getting involved there. So I think that's going to be a big thing in 2017. And then I think... Uh, just a general prediction is that uh, there'll be a bunch of volatility uh, this year. I think that we're looking at an increasingly volatile uh, world, and um, that is, as always, is going to represent both both challenges and opportunities. Um, but I think it's a great time to start a company in this category, and I think uh, I think it's an exciting time to be an operator in this category because you have the chance to to reinvent yourself with all of the the new technology that's coming out. Any advice then for those who look at your success and that of Floored and wish to emulate it? Oh boy, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But I think I think the thing that kept us in a solid position when at times I think our technology was a little bit ahead of where the industry wanted to be. I think a, a strong and relentless focus on the customer's needs, how the customer values your proposition, um, how the customer perceives a return on investment by spending money with your business. I think that is the best chance that one has of success in the category is to just be a very customer-oriented organization. I think Amazon is, is sort of the quintessential customer-oriented uh, company. And in my estimation, uh, CBRE actually does this better than anybody else in the commercial real estate world. So I am... Uh, I'm pleased that I think we have our customer orientation, you know, shacked up with with theirs because I think, again, one of the things that you look for when you determine whether one of these uh, mergers is going to be successful is is the culture aligned. Um, and in our particular case, I think we have uh, as close to a perfect cultural alignment as you would want to see, you know, between a very big company and a relatively small company. For years, uh, recruiters used to ask this question uh, when you were being interviewed, and I hated it. So please don't hate me for asking it. But what do you see yourself doing five years from now? (laughs) Uh, Oh, man. Um, I guess five years ago, I was just thinking about starting Floored. So it's it's a pretty – in the technology world, five years is a really long time, actually. Um, uh, Look, I have a mandate at CBRE to innovate – at least over the next five years. So I would say there's nothing that I'm considering um, right now other than kind of executing on this uh, this plan, this roadmap um, internal to CBRE. 
I'd like to think that the company is entrepreneurial enough that it will support, you know, people like me who, um, you know, who are uh, who are entrepreneurial by nature. I'm, I'm certain that it already does. So I don't foresee myself doing anything differently. Uh, I will caveat that by saying it's just a really hard world to do predictions in the technology ecosystem. Um, it's hard enough to predict what's going to happen uh, in 2017 than you know thinking about 2022. Um, I, I do appreciate the fact that I think the world is changing at a faster pace than it ever has before, and that is just always going to mean that uh, that new opportunities are, are popping up left and right. But um, but I think our team is is well situated, well motivated, um, well incentivized, uh, you know, to, to build a lot of our next great innovation uh, inside of CBRE. We have been talking with David Eisenberg, formerly CEO and founder of Floored, now acquired by CBRE, where he is and expects to be for the next five years at least. David, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is Philip Russo. Thank you for listening.